Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Today, I want to talk about the law of reciprocity, generosity and the law of reciprocity. And I've got it titled in mind, the, the built-in law of reciprocity. And there's a built-in law of reciprocity, and we'll define that in just a few minutes. But there's a, a built-in law of, of reciprocity that really is not something that we have to focus in on. It happens. It happens because it's just built in. And, um, and we saw it in the video um, and she said it out of her own words. You don't give to get. She didn't give to get, but it was already built in. It's already there in the seed. In the seed itself, there is uh, more than just the seed. There's, there's an abundance within the seed itself. And so that's just built into it. You'd never put a seed into the ground and expect this, just the seed to come back out. Uh, built in it, you put it in there with an expectation that something bigger than the seed is going to come out. But everything is within the seed. So the built-in law of reciprocity. Uh, so let me define reciprocity for you right quickly. This is just a, a dictionary definition of reciprocity. We'll expand it for, for our usage for today. Reciprocity is the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit, especially privileges granted by one country or organization to another. So in a sense, reciprocity is giving something and then getting a return of mutual benefit back. And so in giving, there is a built-in law that in the seed that you give, there is a return on it. And it's all within the seed. It's not like something is coming from out, outside of anything else. It's within the seed itself. So we're going to talk about the law of reciprocity. We're going to look at several scriptures, and I'll be sharing a, a considerable amount of scriptures with you this morning. I think in the end, you'll see uh, this law in action. Um, so let's start out at John chapter 12 and verse 20. John 12 and verse 20. John chapter 12 and verse 20. I'm reading it out of the King James Version. It says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asking him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So Jesus gives us a principle. And that's the principle of sowing and the principle of reaping. So in this particular scripture, it shows that Philip was approached by some Greeks, uh, pagans, basically. And uh, the openness of Jesus to them is, it was an, is alluding to something that was going to take place in the future. And he says to them, uh, uh, Peter, I mean, Andrew goes and gets his, uh, Philip goes and gets his brother Andrew, and he says, there's some people that want to see Jesus. And then Jesus kind of gives them these words, um, Unless a kernel of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, 
it will bring forth much. And I believe he was alluding to them. Obviously, he was, he was talking about his own resurrection, death and burial and resurrection. But he's also telling these people that wanted to come see him. Because if you understand anything about the, the, um, the uh, foreigners or people who would come and want to be a part of the nation of Israel, it, the door was open. They've always been uh, Jewish converts, um, people who have converted to Judaism because Judaism has always been one that was open to all. But Jesus was giving them something far greater. He was telling them about what was going to happen to him in the future. But the principle he's sharing here is the principle of the seed and sowing and the seed producing far more. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but uh, sometimes we think, I think anyway, uh, that there's something happens apart from the seed. Like, it's going to happen because it's just going to happen. But none of us take that approach when it comes to uh, gardening, do we? Anyone garden? Joe, I know you have a garden. Do you ever use that approach? Do you ever think that that's just going to happen? I'm not going to do anything this year. I'm, it's just going to happen. Something good is going to come out. Something good is going to happen today. Right? Something good is going to happen to me. Happen to me. Happen to me. Something good is going to happen to me. No, no. Um, a, a farmer doesn't go with that approach, does he? No, he doesn't, he doesn't have that approach unless he's sown the seed. And then there is an expectation that come January, August, September. Well, how did I get January, August, September? <laughs> when do you sow? April, May? March, April, May. To expect the harvest in what? July, August, September, greens come in and when? Towards the fall, right? I've been expecting some. Washed and cleaned already. All we have to do is put them in the pot. But yeah, when you, you sow the seed with an expectation. Because everything, everything is in the seed. Everything is in the seed. Everything is in the seed. And we're going to see it in Scripture a little later on here, uh, uh, that, that when God multiplies us, he doesn't multiply us with more things. He multiplies us with more seed. That's what he does. He, gives you, he said, you want more here? Here's a bag full of seed. No, I, I, want, I, I, don't want, I don't want, they're like me. Most people are like me when it comes to garden. I don't want the seed. Just give me the harvest. Right? And that's kind of how we treat our lives many times is that we don't, we don't want to seed. We don't want to do the work with the seed. We just want a harvest. We just want somebody to bring it by the house, right? Now, today, because we're so non-agrarian, most people don't farm. I've often said that if we ever go back to third world status, we'll need the Africans and the the, the Indians, and to come and show us how to live. How to go out and chop a chicken head off. Yeah. How to go out and, 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 and shoot a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure out how to live again. Whereas they've been doing all around. When, when we go into Africa, when we've gone to Ghana, uh, they have fields where they're just harvesting sweet potatoes, harvesting what they're going to eat, and, and working on it all day long. Whereas we don't do that, do we? No, we go to the supermarket. But we're still sowing, though. Don't get me wrong. We may not be sowing food, but we are sowing, right? We're sowing our seed today is what? It's our finances primarily, but also not just our finances because we're talking wholly about generous living, aren't we? So if we reduce it just to finances, 
then, then it kind of loses its true men, uh, purpose. It's really a living a generous life, but all of our generosity is in the seed, is in the form of a seed. It's what we're sowing into the lives of other people. And so here Jesus is saying that I'm sowing my life. I'm putting it down in the ground so that there will be a tremendous harvest of people coming to know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. So we want to talk about the law of reciprocity. We start out with what Jesus showed us, that the seed, unless it, is, unless it dies, unless it goes into the earth, it labors alone. Now in the video, where, what was our seed? It was $5,000 was her seed. And God spoke to her heart to give that seed to a widow who needed a vehicle. Now think about it this way. And she even said, I loved her transparency, her honesty. She said, she asked the question, did I do the right thing? Was I, was, should I have done that? Now, would she have said that if it was just $100? No, she wouldn't have said it because she wouldn't have felt. She wouldn't have had to die. See, with the seed, there is always the dying. Something dies in the seed. You can, you can feel it. You can feel it leave your hands. You can feel it. So it's not so much uh, that it was $5,000 or $100. It was that it was a seed and it required death. It required for it to go into the ground. Otherwise, she would have kept her life. And the Bible says if you want to keep your life, you lose it. But if you give your life away, then you gain it. It's the law of opposites. It seems, it seems, most, uh, it, it seems intuitive even to, to not give the seed away. But it only seems that way if you don't consider it a seed. A person who's raising a garden would never think it would be right to hold on to the seed. Matter of fact, they would think it was the most uh, ignorant, and when I say ignorant, void of knowledge thing to do. A farmer would understand that I, if this is going to bring gain, expectation, I've got to sow this into the ground. It's only when we think that the seed is, is our life, that, that we're going to eat that seed. And God's like, no, the, the seed is not for eating. The seed is for sowing so that you have more. It's a built-in, built-in reciprocity. It is not, and you don't hear, hear, hear. I'm not saying you just give to get, because what does that say? That's, that's a wrong heart, isn't it? That's, that's not the right motivation for giving. The right motivation, we've already talked about in several weeks before, the right motivation is God has been good to me. Gratitude, thankfulness to what God has done, that is the right attitude. But something is built into the seed. You can't help it. I could throw a, I, I could put some, in that, and I have, because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not the green thumb person, but I like it when they just come up. You know, you can, you can sow some grass. Like I sow some grass and, and sow it in the fall. And guess what? It just comes up. I didn't do a lot. I just took my little Scott's spreader and went out there and, and guess what? It comes up. So in the seed, there is a built-in reciprocity. Say that to your neighbor. In the seed... There's built-in reciprocity. It's going to happen. It will happen. All right, so let's look at some other scriptures here. Look at um, Luke chapter 6. And this will be a very familiar scripture. It's coming out uh, uh, within the, the Beatitudes, but we're looking at it in... in um, uh, Sermon on the Mount, we're looking at it in the book of Luke. And we already went through some of it last week. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 27. Now listen to all of these, these reciprocities. Listen to all of these things that are happening here. The, the cause and the effect of the seed, of the giving. 
of the generosity. Chapter 27 in, uh, of Luke. It says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. That's the what? That's the seed. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. How many of you know that that seed has to die, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to die. Love your enemies? Huh. Do good to those who hate you? Huh. Bless those who curse you? Huh. Pray for those who spitefully use you? Huh-uh. So you, you've got to die. That, that's like the reason many times we don't understand the seed and the reason we are reluctant to give is because we associate it with emotions. And if the emotion doesn't equate the giving, then we don't do it. That's why love must be the primary thing. Love will teach you how to give. Love will allow you to be generous because love doesn't require feeling, does it? All of these things that you say, can you, can you apply a good feeling to love your enemies? A good feeling to do good to those who hate you? A good feeling to bless those who curse you? A good feeling to pray for those who spitefully use you? A good feeling for giving someone $5,000 of money you just been, have been raising for the purposes of buying you a car? Is there a feeling that's good about that? I don't. What? Really? I don't think so. And that's why we have to divorce ourselves from what? Feelings. But the feeling will catch up with you. Believe me, it will catch up with you. Just like a, a man riding a horse trying to catch you on a, on a, on a road, he's It will catch you. The good feelings will catch you. But you cannot be led by feelings. And many times we don't, many times we are unable to be generous with our lives is because we associate the generosity with a feeling. I'm telling you, you're never going to be able to get where God wants you as far as being a generous person until we get rid of being led by our feelings. So here we have it again. Let's move on because it's talking about the same thing all the way through this. It's talking about giving, being generous. Listen to this. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer him the other also. What? And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend, hoping for nothing in return. Now, in here, it's not talking about the law of reciprocity. Listen to me. He says, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. From who? Hoping for nothing in return from who? From the people that you've done something good for. That's what it's talking about here. It's not saying that you should not expect something good because the next Scripture, or the next part of that is this. It says, um, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Right? So it says, you don't have to look for it from someone else or from the people that you help. He says, but, but your reward will be great from who? From the Lord Almighty. So we, we have, we have, it's all right to expect God to reward you. Not that you're doing it for the reward because you're not going to do it for the reward, right? I'd rather just keep my money in my pocket or keep my goods or my love in my pocket. I, I don't need your reward, God, if, to, to love that person right there. Just, I just go without the reward. Huh. He's not saying that, is he? 
He's saying that always the purpose behind it is to give to others what God has given to you. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been an enemy of God? Mm -hmm. Have you ever by your actions hated him? You may say no, but yes. The Bible says if you walk in your flesh, you are at enmity with God. Have you, ever, have you ever cursed God in some kind of way, thinking ill of him? Before you were saved, of course. Yeah, we've, we've done all these things, and yet God, when we were yet sinners, listen, when we were yet sinners, God died for the ungodly. You think, it, you think, you think that Jesus was just hunky-dory about it when he went and gave his life to the cross? Oh, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to the cross. A happy, happy I will be going to. No, he was, he was like, God, if, if this is able to pass from me, if, it, if it's possible that, this should, should, that I shouldn't have to do this, let it be. In other words, it was dreadful. It was painful for him. I mean, he had to die. He had to be separated from his heavenly father. It wasn't some, it was, it was, it was tough, tough, tougher than ever for anyone. Yet he did it. Let's keep on reading. Where am I at? Verse what? But love your enemies, do good, and lend hoping for nothing in return. And you, your reward, and your reward, everybody say reward, will be great. Right? Greater than the seed, right? Your reward will be greater than the seed that you sown. And you will be sons of the Most High God. In other words, you'll be like God. You'll, you'll act like Him. You'll, you'll, you'll demonstrate. And what, basically what it's saying here, and you will be like the Most High God or the Most High, is how many of you have seen times when you claim your children and times you don't? Right? Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Oh, he's doing something good. That's my son. That's my boy right there. He's acting like his father. Now, when he ain't acting right, he's acting like his mother. So, <laughs> no, no, we, the, the, he says you'll be like your father. You'll be like the most high. In other words, you're acting like him now when you do these things. And then he goes on. He says, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's all talking about reciprocity. He says, you, you forgive, guess what? You're going to receive forgiveness back. How? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you're merciful, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to receive. If you sow mercy, you're going to receive mercy, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. If you abstain from judging, guess what you're going to receive? You're going to receive tolerance. People are going to be okay. They're going to give you margin. They're going to give you change, as it were, because you have shown yourself unjudgmental. So the principle is not just giving, although we have extracted that out and use it completely, totally talking about financial resources. And it is, but it's not all-inclusive. It's talking about our lifestyle, that we're living a lifestyle of that. Let's not be so hard. Let's not be so tough. Let's, not, let's live a generous lifestyle because God has been generous to us. And if you want it in return, remember, it's built into the seed. 
is built in. Good measure. Now, if you understand the good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, they would actually take seed, and as they were measuring out to the person who's coming for the seed, the person would come and they have a cloak, and they, in that cloak that they were wearing, that's where they would, the ladies especially, would, would bring home their seed. So they would put it in a, 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 a container that would, I guess, it would, it would measure it out. And so as they, as they put the seed down in there, the grain in there, they would, they would put the original amount in there, and then they would, they would take it press it down. Hmm. Why? Because there could be some holes, uh, pocket, air pockets in, in, the, in the bag. And they would press it down to press out all the holes and then they would shake it so that, so that it would be even or, or, or square up and then they would put more in until finally they got the full measure. I need that kind of forgiveness back to me. I, I need that mercy to come back to me. I, I need that type of non-judgment to come to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken, and running over, oozing out the top. That's what I need in my life. I need that kind of abundance in my life. And also, just in the area, uh, using again that, the, the, the video, did she receive it back? Did she receive it back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over the top? Yes, she did. I mean, I don't know what the, the, the amount of the car was, but it was obviously, I don't think you can go buy a new car for $5,000, so it wasn't $5,000, was it? It had to be at least, what, fifteen? Would you say 15000 at least 15. So at least three times what she sold. Because her heart was right. And she didn't go out, you know, guess what? I just gave $5,000 away. Oh, you, you, you sold enough a, a, a saint. You just a saint, girl. You a saint. Yes, you are. Guess what? She just received her reward, didn't she? She received her reward. But she just responded to a question, didn't she? She just answered the question. How's your, how's your um, car fund going? Uh, well, I gave it all away. I gave it all away. And so God was working on both ends, was he not? He was working in the seed, and he was working on the reciprocity. He was moving in the hearts of other people. To meet that particular need. Let's keep on going here. Are you getting something out of this? Uh, is your heart being convinced of generosity? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, and, and, and we won't go to chapter 8, but I'll, let me set it up with chapter 8. Chapter 8, it has in it where, where Paul is talking to uh, the, the church at, at Corinth, and he's encouraging them uh, based upon some things that the Macedonians were doing and had done, and, and he was explaining to them uh, how important it is to continue what they had started. And, um, and he's telling them several different things about just the, the, the being generous. And here is the working of that in chapter 9. Listen to this, verse 1. Now concerning ministering to the saints... It is superfluous, 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 superfluous. You see the word. <laughs> for me to write to you, for I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that, as I said, you may be ready, lest if, Ma if some Macedonians come to me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, 
I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Now, I want you to think about this and just, just to kind of get the, what he's trying to say to them. He, he, he's trying to get them to know that, that giving here should be very purposeful. It, it shouldn't be on a whim. It shouldn't be uh, under pressure. But it should be something that is thought out and considered and a response to obedience as opposed to, you know, I, you know, I got to give. He's telling them, in a sense, get your heart right before you even give. Get, if, if, there's some, if there's something there that is grievous to you about it, then let's work it out beforehand so that you're not on, just doing it at the, at, on the spot. Um, how many have ever been somewhere and you felt the pressure, like you wanted to give or, 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 or there was a, 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 a call to give and, and then you... Um, and you, 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 at, and while everybody else was there, and you, you felt like you wanted to give at that very moment, and then it waned. Maybe you made a pledge, and you're like, "I'm, I'm pledging two thousand dollars." Oh yeah, I'm a, you know, you wrote it down right on that moment. I'm pledged two thousand dollars towards this. I'm a, and then uh, comes Monday morning, you were like, "Oh, that's what I just do." Well, what have I done? I, did, I really, did I really commit to this? Well, he's tell, telling them here, he's telling them before you even get to that place, he said, think about what you're doing. You, you started out real good back in chapter 8. Oh, you're really good. And this is a giving church. Let's make sure that it doesn't wane. Let's make sure that you don't lose heart in this. I know I've lost heart before. I've lost heart. I was in the moment. I was in the moment, baby. And, 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 and as, I, as I began to think about it, I was like, what did I just do? So it's better so that you don't do it grudgingly or out of obligation to get your heart right about it. Get your heart around it. That is coming from your heart and not your head. That I want to do this from my heart. So he has it here. And he's telling, and he's admonishing this, this group of people here. He says, he um, shamed him. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go, to the, go ahead of, of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised. Which you had, so they had already made a pledge, hadn't they? That you had previously promised. In other words, you've already obligated yourself to it. But I understand how your heart can wane. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as an, a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, in other words, take some time to get your heart around it and make sure that as you're giving, you're happy about it. You're joyful about it. That it's something that, though it may have started out as, the, uh, as a wrong feeling, like, ah, that eventually you become, I want to do this. And God, everybody say God, is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you... Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now notice what it says. So let each one of you, first of all, let's get our hearts right. Let's purpose it in our hearts. Let's make sure that everything is in agreement with this, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful. In other words, when he comes ready to give, make sure that we've had the time to get our hearts cheerful about it. In other words, it's cheerful because it's a part of my very being now. I want to do this. I can't wait to do it. I look forward to it. It's burning in my pockets. I got to get it out so bad. Understand. I got to get it over there. 
So let each one, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's how God gives. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God is good, right? We say that all the time. God is good. Well, he is good, and he's able to make all abilities, everything that we need abound toward us, that you having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may we, he, this is the part I want you to see, now who he who supplies seed to the sore and bread for food, what's he going to multiply? What's he going to multiply, everyone? We see it up there, sore and bread for food, he may I wanted you to hold that back just a second, but that's cool. That's fine. You go ahead. Go, go back now. That's cool. Go, go ahead. Go, go back to that part. I was, I was putting them through a test, but that's okay. He said, but he will multiply what? Think about it. What is he going to multiply, everyone? Well, I thought he was going to multiply, um, you know, the, the monies and the, the, the goods and all that. No, he's going to multiply the seed because everything is in the seed. If he only multiplies the harvest, listen, if he multiplies the harvest, the harvest is going to end. The harvest is never as much as the seeds. Are y'all with it? Are you wrapping your mind out? He says he's not multiplying the harvest. He's multiplying the seed. Think about it for a minute. What would you rather have? Would you have, rather have a field of corn or seeds that could create 10 fields of corn? I'm asking. We say that, and that is the right answer, but we don't live that way, do we? No, we want the harvest. We want the harvest, and we want to eat all of that harvest, and when we come to the end of the harvest, we don't have any more. A farmer with seed will never be broke. A farmer with just a harvest will eventually be broke. So God says, I'm going to multiply your seed. I'm going to multiply your seed. And we have to distinguish every time what is harvest and what is seed. What is harvest? What is seed? 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 And many times we really need to hear that from God because we don't determine that very well sometimes. That's why obedience is so very necessary. A story that I know Keith kindly liked because he tells it all the time is the, the story of the, the widow um, who, who has the, the, the oil and the, and the grain. Don't you like that story? He loves that story. Well, God determined for her what was the what? He turned, she thought it was the harvest. But God commanded Elijah to go to her. And when he commanded Elijah to go to her, he was commanded her so that she would, would turn that harvest into but seed. And you know what? She turned it into seed, and guess what happened? The oil and the grain never went out. During the whole time of the famine, it never, ever went out. Because God said, listen, I'm trying to give you a, a, an inside scoop on this. I'm trying to give you the inside on this. And the inside is, you're holding the seed in your hands. Had she gobbled up that seed, because she even said it. She said, all I have is enough for me and my son. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. But God had other plans. See, many times, people, what you have in your hand is really all you need if you do right by it, if you honor God with it, if you listen to him. God, help me determine what is seed and what is harvest. And the way he's going to do that is he's going to speak to your heart. He's going to say, I want you to sow over here. I want you to give over here. I want you to take that over here. And if we're obedient to do that, he has now separated the seed from the harvest. And he says, and do what? Multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know what he's talking about there? Sedekai. 
We learned that word last week, sedekai, which means the ability to do good. He increases the fruits of our ability to do good. How many of you think that, that listen, using the, the analogy of the, 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 the seed uh, or the harvest or, or one, one field versus ten fields, how many of you say, if I got one field and my family can eat off of that one field, we can do what with the other ten, uh, nine fields? We can, we can bless people with it, can't we? We can bless people. We have someone here in our ministry who's been very wonderfully good to us just recently. And, um, and, and they have uh, 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 eggs. And, 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 and it's obvious to me that they have more than they can eat. And I'm loving it. Because I'm getting a, a supply of fresh eggs. Because they have they have more than that they can eat in, in a week's time. And so now they've been able to be a blessing. And that's how God really wants us to live our life. It is truly off of the seed. Learning how to distinguish the seed from the harvest. And he says, I will multiply your seed sown. I will multiply your seeds. In other words, I'll give you more to sow so that you can continue to stockpiling it. Stockpiling the amount so that you can give it away. All right? Are y'all here? Listen to this. And here's the other things that come out of this, uh, of this reciprocity here. It says, his righteousness and doing, let's see. Um, Multiply I see so that you have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness while you were enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. I want you to think about this just for a minute. Two acts in that video. The one act was she gave a woman $5,000. You know what that woman was saying after that $5,000 came into her hands? Same thing you and I would say. If you left here today and someone dropped $5,000 in your hand, oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you, love you, love you, love you, Jesus. I love you. Oh, hallelujah. This is a good day. Thanksgiving to God, right? Going down the road, you know. Hey, let's go to dinner today. Everybody. We're going to dinner. Yeah, because someone, someone has said, done something great. So it, it's Thanksgiving to God, right? We're going to be talking about it, are we not? Are we not going to be talking about that $5,000 that just came in her? That widow that she gave that money to to buy the car? Don't you know she gave, he, she gave glory to God for that? Someone out of nowhere, someone who was working in a baker's factory, a baker's uh, a shop, just gave me $5,000. Had to be God. Right? Not only that, when she was going down the road, that lady was going down the road, what was she doing? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because someone had given to her. So it brings glory to God. Verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? You know, there are churches now that are, are paying off people's medical debts. I mean, not just one. There's stories now about how they're going through and working with a particular agency and getting pennies on the dollar uh, to pay off uh, people's medical debts. Him and I were just talking about it the other day. We want to be in position to do that. At some level, to some degree, to greatly affect someone's life in that way. And using the power, because what they're using is the power of corporate giving. 
and they're going in and they're negotiating. They're saying, well, if, we can, if, you, you know, if it's $40,000, we'll pay you $44,000 for it all or whatever. I don't know how that's worked out. But anyway, it's working and people are getting notices. They don't even go to the churches. I get notices that, um, excuse me, but your debt is paid in full. That's impacting, is it not? That's being a light in the world, is it not? That's being a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid, is it not? I mean, what you're going to say about that? How are you going to speak bad about God when somebody just, God just paid your debt off? No, you're not going to be talking about God. You're going to be just like the people whose son was blind. I said, I don't know, but you go ask our son about it. You, you got a problem with the church? Go ask our son. We don't have a problem. In other words, it brings glory to God. When we do things of that sort, it brings glory to God. The impact of, of financially blessing someone is tremendous on the lives of other people. And say, we're going to get there too. Say that. We're going to get there. Amen. We're going to get there too. We're going to get there, too. I mean, we're going to get there, people. Now, he who provides seed to the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply the seed for the sower. That is, I'm reading out the Amplified Version. That is, your resources and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. That's the Amplified Version of that. Now, last scripture I want to share with you, and then we're done. Uh, verse Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10, very familiar uh, passage of scripture because all of us quote this particular scripture. Uh, it's a wonderful go-to scripture. Um, and we, we, we eat, sleep, and drink this particular scripture. But I wonder if we are taking it out of context in some ways. Um, Philippians 4 and verse 10, here it goes. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in regard to need, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Now that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephrodite the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, what is Paul saying here? Paul's saying, hey, listen, guys. I'm all right. Even if I'm in want, even if I need something, I'm still all right. I'm not making a begging. I'm not asking for it from you all. But I'm, I'm here to tell you there's a reciprocity here. And, I, and I'm hoping that you get the reciprocity. I'm, I'm hoping that your, your, your ability to do good, not only to me, but to others, will increase. That's what he's saying, I believe. He says, it's sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing God. And, everybody say it, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The conditions for God supplying all their need was met because they had sown the seed into the ground. They sowed into Paul's life. And God and Paul was like, I hope this... I'm praying that it will come back to your account because I understand the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity says that you'll take the seed and sow it as a, as, a, as a need for someone else, meeting their particular need, 
I will, I will increase your seed, and I'll increase your capacity, and my God will supply your every need. He will supply seed for the sower and increase your capacity to do good. I don't think it gets any clearer than that. We looked at it from scripture to scripture. We've gone over it for several weeks. Wrap your heart around it. Don't, don't eat your seed. Your seed is in obedience from everything from just general giving to tithes and giving offerings to the way you treat people in a generous way. All of those things are a part of a generous lifestyle and how God allows or increases our ability to do good things for other people. And it never gets small. Matter of fact, what will get small is how much you're going to need and you're going to be able to live and give a lot more because as our needs are taken care of, as, all, as God takes care of all of us, our particular needs should be shrinking day by day, shrinking. There'll be little ebb and flows. There'll be lifestyle things that'll come about that'll cause you to have to put out sometimes more than other times. But by and large, we're all working to that place where we're working on living off of very little, you know, 10% of it, of, our, our, of what's coming in, 20% of it, 50% of it, 60% of it. What if you could just give away 40% and live off of 60? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? What about, what about 70, 30 even? That's still good, isn't it? And if you, can, if you can't do that, when, let's just try 90. I think we can live off of 90 and be able to be a blessing to that other 10%. But what you're going to find out, if you're faithful with the 10, 15 will be coming soon. 20 will be coming sooner. 30 will be coming down the road. Eventually, by all the time that all is said and done, you'll be able to give your whole estate away because it'll be paid in full. And you say, well, in the, in the will, we're going to give away this. Because we're in that position for the work of the kingdom of God. I hope you've gotten something out of this. These several weeks of teaching. So much so that it will impact us in our individual lives as far as well as this church. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.